0: Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. This week's guest is Faris Khoury from Jordan. Faris was supposed to go to Lebanon for university. However, when civil unrest erupted there, he found himself returning to Jordan and contemplating what his next move would be. He ended up moving to Ontario, Canada, completing his studies here, and now 13 years later, has built a life and fulfilling career to be proud of.
1: The earlier you hear the no's, the better. That means the yes is coming soon. That that sentence by itself... So after I, I got the, the PR, let's say, and the letter and everything, and now I'm a permanent resident, to look for the the job in an organisation that I want, I had that same mindset. Keep at it, because the the earlier you hear the nose, the better. That means something's going to open up soon. But you have to keep going at it.
0: In this episode, Faris shares with us the creative ways that he successfully built up his Canadian work experience. He also introduces us to his work at Access CCF and their Foreign Credential Recognition Loan Programme. If you're internationally trained, you may be eligible for a loan to help you achieve your career dreams in Canada. Let's start the show. Hello, Faris. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Thank you very having me. I'm good. And how are you?
0: I am very good. Enjoying the summer so far?
1: Yeah, so far so good. I need to go more outside, but uh, yeah, when uh, there, there's work sometimes, the time passes by. And... Oh,
0: I know, and it's always like the hottest days when you're stuck in the office and then the weekend comes and then it's just raining and you're... <laughs> it's just the typical way of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, or you know, you have a bunch of meetings and then you look outside, you see all the people playing with their dogs and then you look at your dog and then you're like, okay, I can't take you because I have meetings. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, you got some days off coming, you were just saying, so that's awesome. So, you got anything planned for, for your long weekend?
1: Uh, actually, uh, just to, I just want to relax, you know, unplug a little bit, uh, yeah. take a step back, uh, turn off notifications on the email. Hopefully, if I can do that,
0: <laughs> oh, nice, enjoy the temperatures. You know, I always forget how hot it gets here every year. <laughs> and then the downside, I always forget about the, the mosquitoes, right? That's the one downside. I get eaten alive, <laughs> yeah,
1: they're rude here, they don't uh, shoot. Right, you try to shoot, <laughs> you try to shoot them, but then they just come back.
0: Yeah, I know, and you get all the bug sprays in the world, and they'll just still start attacking you. And yeah, I've got all these different candles, and yeah, nothing works. But
1: yeah, well, I, I saw this uh, meme recently: uh, mosquitoes in Canada, and then there's a mosquito in, in, like, there's a person holding like a like a raid, you know, like a bug repellent or something, and the mosquito is in where the the uh, the spray comes out
0: oh just having a drink yeah well just having this, a this drink quite yeah. nice
1: <laughs> basically we're on a
0: mission do you get mosquitoes in Jordan are you kind of used to it or
1: yeah but they actually show off when you show right, them off right right
0: <laughs> Canadian mosquitoes they're just like pepped up on maple syrup or something
1: yeah <laughs> the op- they're the opposite of the people the people are polite but the mosquitoes are not
0: <laughs> right yeah you can't have everyone I guess they're, they're the, uh, the polar opposite that's funny yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts are you living now? Are you downtown Toronto or?
1: I used to be downtown on uh, Bathurst and St Clair. Mm-hmm. But I uh, recently like a month ago, a couple of months ago to be exact, I moved to Etobicoke, uh, nice. right right west of uh, High Park in front of the water. So the dog loves it, he approves, so I'm good. <laughs> Moved here with my fiancé.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'm trying to remember, I saw a documentary on Netflix and it was going around because they they just mispronounced Etobicoke so wrong. Did you hear that? No. When, it when, was, oh, I, I wish I wish that I could remember the way that they said it. It was so funny. It was like... Et, etobicoke
1: or something, I don't know.
0: No, yeah, it was even worse than that. Anyway, it was <laughs> funny. It was doing the rounds like it was an American narrator and they, and they said... I have them
1: say Mississauga.
0: Mississauga, yeah. <laughs> Yonge Street in Toronto. That was my yeah. big mess up. I said yonge quite a lot until I was corrected. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm really happy to to have you here. And your immigration story in itself is is really interesting. And I'm excited to learn more about Jordan as well. Um, But also you are the program coordinator at uh, Access Community Capital Fund. And Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to to work with you guys at my Expat Expo event in Toronto Mm -hmm. back in 2019. And yeah, you guys do wonderful work to, to help people overcome financial barriers in their lives through various loans and things so we can learn more about that and your most recent program for newcomers specifically uh, very soon uh, but yeah first let's let's hear about where you grew up so you were born in Jordan in the Middle East but your parents mm. are Palestinian right
1: so my uh, I, I was born and raised in Amman Jordan um, and my my father is uh, Palest- originally from uh, Palestine from Jerusalem uh, he moved to Jordan, and that's where we were. Uh, that's where we were born and raised. Uh, I, I really, really, I really love uh, wh- where I'm from. I'll never forget where I'm from, both originally and where I, I grew up. I always miss going back. I always miss the the family, the the friends, and of course the food. Can't mm-hmm. say no to that. I always come back, go there, and come back ten pounds uh, heavier. <laughs> or, or 10 kilos, whichever one you <laughs> you want to go with.
0: <laughs> that's always the way you go back to your mum's cooking and yeah, you just eat everything. And then they always bring in all the snacks that they know you miss. And yeah, you just kind of load up. I'm the same.
1: <laughs> and you, you can't say I'm full. If you say you're full, you, that means, oh, you want more, you know? So yep. and that's the same with a lot of cultures, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> right. Everyone's still there?
1: Actually, you know, I um, so after high school, I went to the an American school. In Jordan, since the, from fourth grade till uh, graduation, and it kind of it was a great school because uh, there were it was like an international school, you can say, mm-hmm. right? So you get people from all over, from England, from China, from Canada, from uh, the states. So you get to so I had this kind of uh, pre, uh, you can say, unintentional preparation before I came to Canada or Toronto, right? You kind of had had an idea of well, where everyone's from generally and. The the main cities there, and you get to say a few things in their languages, right? <laughs> so right. good, good, good icebreakers. But uh, ever since I was uh, in in that school, I um, so in twelfth grade I was supposed to go to Lebanon for, for university after graduation. But uh, Lebanon in two thousand and seven, so when I graduated, they had a few problems, uh, you know, explosions happening left and right, some assassinations going on political leader. So my parents were like, you're coming back to Jordan, taking the semester off, obviously, because things are not stable in Lebanon. So I go back to Jordan and uh, my friend is already in Canada. He's He was in a university called Trent University in Peterborough, if you know Peterborough, uh, three hours away, two hours, three hours away from here. And he's like, you should come here. It's a great campus. People are nice. Okay, you know what? I need to go to university, so I should go to uh, I should go there. He's already there, you know. He'll show me the ropes, as you say, and everything. So I apply to Trent University, and I get uh, uh, admission for January for the January semester, January two thousand eight. Mind you, now in Jordan uh, it snows, but you know, once every three years, the snow actually stays for more than a week. Other than that, it. It snows every year, but it just disappears like in five minutes. So I, I get to Canada in January and the snow is up to my neck. I'm swimming in snow. <laughs> wow. You know, I...
0: <laughs> you just think they're like exaggerated Google images. Like when you kind of Google it, you don't, you don't really realize it until you land, I guess. And then you're like, Oh my God, it's actually real. And it's actually this deep. And to feel your foot sink into it. I was the same. I'd never experienced that. I hadn't even gone skiing before. So yeah, it was brand new for me as well, but yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah, I felt you when I uh, first came here and experienced that much snow. I felt like, you know, in the movies where this person's hiking through the snow and having a tough time kind of make that I felt like I was one of those guys, you know, trying to find my way. And
0: oh my God. Yeah, that's so funny. And it was, it was really unexpected too. I guess. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I guess so many of us take, you know, peace and stability in our own countries for granted. And that must have been so disappointing to just have your plans uprooted and what well, your university plans just scattered, right? What, what were you planning on studying in Lebanon? Could you, did you end up studying the same thing in, in Canada?
1: If, if I remember correctly, it was a while ago, but I, th- I believe <laughs> I uh, want to take communications. But then I came to Canada and started to take political science.
2: Okay. All right.
1: I mean coming from that region, it's lots of politics going on. You get into it, you get interested in it. So, you know, I was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to free the world, you know, you're young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then uh you start uh, you learn a lot about it. And the thing is about universities that sure you take you study politics and political theory and 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 world politics and Canadian politics, but it's yes, it's that, sure. You take the degree from that. But at the end of the day, it's about the experience there uh, in university, meeting people from all over the world, which is very, very important. Uh, luckily, I'm a social butterfly, so I love to talk to everyone and anyone. Uh, that played a huge part into transitioning to the Canadian workforce and, and all of that. But.
0: Yeah. So was that your first experience traveling outside of the middle east or had you done kind of vacations and things before was that really your first experience kind of just landing there and dealing with that snow and that culture shock i guess even though you had that that experience in your school which was great Mm. was that still your first experience living away
1: Uh, actually i i I was lucky enough to travel to a few places just for vacation though not to kind of Mm -hmm. vacation with family or friends or or stuff like that i went to like turkey but also our school was good at you know uh organizing you know when you're on a team, let's say soccer team or basketball team it's a lot of travel is also also comes with that you know they do tournaments and you know all the American schools in let's say in the middle east, but in it'll be hosted in egypt or you know or Lebanon or I think one time we went to Italy for soccer we we were lucky enough to uh to go to these places, and uh, I was lucky enough to travel with my family also. But it's different going vacation than like going in and, okay, you're here, you're here alone now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Figure it out. Let's go. Go at it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Especially Peterborough too. Obviously, yeah. Don't, um, I just want to say don't come for me, English listeners, because there's a city in England and we say Peterborough. So they butcher it in Canada. It's not my fault. (laughs) That's the way that they say it. It's Peterborough. I'm, I do apologize for any person that's English listening to this. Um, I felt the same way, but I'm used to it now, but. (laughs) So can we chat a little bit more about Jordan? So mm. so have you got any... You've got any brothers and sisters that went to that international school with you?
1: Uh, I had the, my, my sisters. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm, I'm the youngest in the family, or the, aka the spoiled one, as everyone says. right?
0: Naturally. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I have a brother, two sisters, and then me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one in the family to travel this far for, uni- for uh, university. I know my brother went to the university in Jordan, and my sister went uh, in Jordan also. And my other sister went to Lebanon before all that uh, <laughs> stuff. She's older than me. So, uh, right now my siblings are dispersed. So my sister is in Sweden with her husband and her kids. Wow. My uh, older brother, oldest brother, he's, uh, in Australia in Sydney. Oh my
0: goodness. <laughs>
1: with his family. And then I have a sister who stayed in Jordan with her husband and her family. And my parents so you literally have
0: one, your parents have one child in pretty much like every continent. <laughs> you are really yeah. spread
1: out. We cover all grounds, as you see. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> but when was the last time you were all in the same room? It's been a while, I guess. Uh,
1: December of 20, 2019, I would say. Mm. It was a while, because COVID, right? I, I usually try to go every December, but it didn't work out. last time so it was a while since i saw everyone in person and it's it's difficult because there's these occasions that you know you you miss out on birthdays you know father's day recently nieces and nephew birthdays all of that stuff but thank god for technology you know
2: (laughs) yeah
0: exactly thank god for zoom and for for all of that that stuff and it's better that everyone's healthy i always tell myself that oh yeah i miss them and it sucks but it could be so much worse if you're we're far away, but we're all healthy. So that's what matters, I guess. So what was it like growing up there? What, what did you get up to with your siblings on a typical weekend? Uh,
1: mostly I would, uh, I mean, siblings, each one had their own group of friends and being, being the youngest when you're young is like, don't hang out with my friends, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? are not it's cool like,
2: enough. Get out of here. Yeah, like,
1: like all over the world, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, but as I grew up, it was a very—I mean, it's—it's it's like here, you know. Weekends, you go to—you go to bars, you go to your friend's house, you hang out, you sit on the PlayStation for ten hours straight without feeling the time run by pass by. <laughs> but um, no, it—it was—it it, it was good. Lots of memories there for sure. But even then, those friends are living in different parts of the world as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, though. That everyone is that ambitious, and you know, you can just go for it. And it's such a huge thing to to move to a new country. So. Yeah, good for them. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely. So for
0: me, moving from England to Canada, I miss being able to look around and see history, right? You know, Canada's Mm -hmm. quite a young country, so I miss those, you know, crumbly buildings and imagining the stories there. So it must be even more of the case for you because I read that Jordan's recorded history goes back to 12,000 BC before Christ and there's Mm -hmm. incredible ancient cities there. Do you find that, that you miss that feeling of history as well?
1: I do, actually, yes. Jordan has a lot of, uh, if you've seen, I don't know if you know about Petra, one of the seven wonders of the world. Yes. Oh. Uh, AKA where one of the Indiana Jones were, was filmed. <laughs> I was
0: going to say that, Indiana Jones. Yeah, if you need to picture the landscape, it's beautiful.
1: I mean, I have I went there a lot of times. So for me, it's like, okay, yes, we have that place. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. But the best thing is when you have visitors and you take them there and then you look at their face. That's, yes. for, for me, that means a lot, more than anything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just the awe of it. Yeah, it's great to to be so proud of your country and to be the tour guide of for new people. And even if you yeah. have to go there a million times, it's still special because, yeah, you get to see their reaction. I totally get that. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: but historically, it goes way, 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 way back for that. The geographical area, you know, with the, the Holy Land and you know, yeah. you know, all of no, that. So, so
0: fascinating. And I love the idea of... Um, the Dead Sea being the lowest point on Earth, of 400 meters below sea level, so it's so far away from the sun that you can actually sunbathe, and there's no harmful rays that come that come through because you're you're at the lowest point on Earth. I think that's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, you, on your way to the Dead Sea, actually, while you're driving in the car, you're driving downward, like you're yeah. d- doing downhill. You can actually feel your ears popping <gasps> at one point of the drive, just like when you take off with the with the plane. Right, but right,
0: the opposite. So <laughs>
1: the opposite, yeah. You feel your ears pop.
0: <laughs> wow, that's really cool. Is yeah. there anything else that you recommend checking out? So we have um, the city you mentioned, and then the Dead Sea, and that road trip sounds amazing. Um, is there any yeah. other places you'd recommend?
1: Yes, the the Red Sea. You go to Aqaba, Aqaba city. It's called. Right. You go all the way the south south of the country, that the Red Sea. That's also very nice to to visit and just relax. Uh, you can you should also go to Wadi Rum. It's called Wadi Rum. Uh, it, uh, similar to Martian landscape, which was why the movie wow. The Martian was filmed there. Okay. Yeah. All the movies,
0: and, all the, all the stars. <laughs> yeah. And
1: then, the, one of the Star Wars movies also was filmed there because it resembles like a planet, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, I really recommend you go there. And then now they have all these sorts of like, uh, you, you, you go into these like luxury bubble tents, you know, mm-hmm. like they're kind of, you, you see the stars at night because it's, uh, it's uh, your ceiling is see-through and you should definitely g- arrange for a trip there no phone signals
0: <laughs> oh no. no i'm kidding yeah that's <laughs> no that's amazing yeah it's definitely on my list to to go there for sure i think the landscape. I just love, like I went to Iceland and that as well was just completely out of this world. Like you just don't even feel like you're on planet earth. So yeah. that feeling, I just, yeah, I love that. So if that's the case there, then I should definitely add it to my list for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Highly recommended.
0: <laughs> so what do you miss the most? You mentioned food. Is it
2: food?
1: <laughs> uh, well, food, p- parents, family, that's, that's the only thing that would be, uh, all the family. When I say family members, I say cousins, uncle, you know, uh, cousins. All of that on on this in, under the same roof, and just that feeling itself uh, gives you warmth, right? Like every Christmas, the whole family is there at, at our house. We're yeah. having the turkey, having everyone opening everyone the presents, by. having everyone close by. That is uh, for me pinnacle of happiness, especially now during this time when you miss all of that, right? So
0: yeah, yeah. So what? Um, what food would you eat if you were coming together as a family like that in celebration? You mentioned turkey. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, anything else that you'd recommend
1: us to try? Well, uh, tur- turkey, I say because it's Christmas, turkey. So, and like a, like a piece of ham, but we have lots of, uh, other di- dishes, the Jordanian slash Middle Eastern dishes. Uh, you should try the stuffed lamb, a, a whole lamb stuffed with the rice and meat. That's a high, that's my favorite probably. And uh, many other, <laughs> many other food. good falafel. Fa- falafel is uh, for us is like uh, you can say like a, a to go kind of thing, to go yeah. sandwich, just like shawarma. Shawarma is like a quick snack kind of thing. Yeah. It, uh, nice. oppos- mm. Well, yeah, op- opposite of here. Here they make it like into a whole. Sit down at a restaurant and have a shawarma sandwich, but actually back home it's you know <laughs> it's on the go thing. It's like a hot dog here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the cool. different.
1: That's the difference, right?
0: Amazing. Okay, so, yeah, so you're planning to go to Lebanon then for university and then that Mm -hmm. didn't work out due to the the civil unrest you're mentioning. So you end up coming to Peterborough, you're knee deep in snow um Mm -hmm. what would you say were some of the the biggest challenges that you face so you've been here 13 years we missed that that well we mentioned 2008 i guess but yeah 13 years that's awesome i need to track who who's winning the longest on this podcast maybe you've just cinched it i'm not sure but i think
2: so
0: (laughs) what was the uh yeah what's what's been some of the the biggest challenges that you've you've worked worked through
1: uh, just adapting to the system, how things work here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even from the smallest things, from getting a cap to getting your, I'll give you an example. Back home, you know, when you pay for something, let's say if something costs, uh, one, one dollar and 53 cents, let's say. Mm-hmm. Back home, they automatically rounded up 155. We're not going to give you back pennies. So when I came to Canada, when they were still, ha- we still had the penny system, they were giving you back change by the penny. Wow. And I was like, uh, I don't need the, the two pennies. It's okay. Like, no, sir. It's okay. That's your change. And for me, that was, it was normal here, but for me, it was like weird, a bit weird. I got used to it until they actually scratched that out. And I'm like, okay, there we go. Now,
0: yeah, they caught up finally.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was difficult. It was very, I got homesick. I, I got it very bad to the point where I just, I wanted to just give up and leave. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, after I kind of sucking it up and realizing that this is, this is what I need. And then, then I was like, this is something I need to do by myself. I forced myself to do it. I, and I said to myself, there were, I said to myself, there were other international students before me. I'm not the first one here.
2: Right.
0: Yes. That's the biggest thing. Just realizing you're not alone. And there's been so many people that have gone through this exactly the same journey and struggles and um, come out the other end. Yeah. That's so important. You just
1: connect with them. You connect with them. And then You'll, you'll talk to them and then they'll tell you what worked for them. It doesn't mean you have to do exactly the same thing that they did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You you figure it out on your own. But it's good to kind of have that sense of comfort where, you know, y- yes, you talk to someone, they're like, yeah, I went through the same thing, man. That Automatically puts you puts you at ease and makes things easier. It does for you. it
0: really does? That's why I started this podcast because I was like, I just wish that I'm in the middle of nowhere, right? So I don't see, I I don't get to interact with that many internationals, and I wasn't an international student, so I, I didn't even have you know my my peers in school either. So I needed to connect with people and to to share their stories through this. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been one of the the best parts of this show, I think. You know, people reaching out and saying, "Oh my gosh, it's so nice to just." Hear all these unique stories, but they're all so similar as well. The struggles and challenges that we all face, they're very similar. But then, like you mentioned, everybody does slightly different things that work for them. And you can kind of pick out, you know, what you think inspires you or works for you. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what did you do to, to overcome that homesickness then? You just kind of forced yourself to, to get out there into the university community and meet mm-hmm. new people or, you,
1: you know, something, sometimes you don't realize things about yourself. That come in handy until a, a later stage of your life. So I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm talking to people left and right. I just have to talk to people who went through the same thing. Yeah. And I, and I did that. And at the end of the day for me, it boils down to connecting with people and talking with people. And that's how you can, it makes it so much better and easier for you to kind of get by. And
0: yeah. And there's always so much going on within the school community. If you're an international student, I feel like you, you do have that what do, what do you call it you have this a, st- a little bit of a step ahead than someone that's just coming as a permanent resident right because you have that community that you're you're inserting yourself into and there's events going on and like different clubs or different the things you can volunteer for within the school right did you do anything mm-hmm. like that
1: absolutely yeah so as all university a lot of universities they have different uh you know ethno-cultural associations as you can say there's the the, the latino the african the middle eastern I wasn't part of one. I I participated in all. So they had activities. I make sure to participate as much as I can because that's how, for me, I don't need to be labeled as part of one organization. I can be labeled as part of this organization and that and that. And that for me is key because that will help you at 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 a later stage in life, which I did not even realize at that time.
0: Yeah, just building your network from day one, from all types of people and all types of industries that they're going to eventually be working in, so you can tap into them. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it was realizing that there actually isn't like a final destination to strive for, because when I first got here, I was like, you know, oh, this is when I'll know I'm, I've made it, you know, this is when I'll know that I'm happy, or, this is like an actual final goal in Canada, but... I just realized, you know, there, there actually isn't one, right? However, however cheesy it may sound, you know, you just got to like enjoy the ride and doing that takes off so much pressure and you can just listen to what feels right in the now and, you know, what you want your goals to be and just go for it. And then, and then I guess just think of new ones and just, mm-hmm. just keep going. It's all just part of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, exactly, exactly. After all this experience in university, I realized at the end, I want to become permanent resident of this country. Yeah. After, after I've seen like, uh, you know, the, the healthcare system, the, everything from how the, how the people deal with each other, how I was like, I'm going to be, I want to, this is what I want to do. Of course, I didn't realize it was going to be difficult. That's a different story, (laughs) but difficult is part of the journey.
0: Yeah. So run us through that then. Definitely. Let's dive in. So you graduated, I'm assuming, and, um, yes. you'd, you, you realized that Canada actually was a place. That's such a beautiful realization because you've been so homesick and you wanted to go home. And now you've kind of done a full switch of, of mindset and you think, no, actually this is going to be my home. That's, that's awesome. So,
2: yeah.
0: um, yeah, run us through that. So obviously when you graduate, you get, uh, your temporary work permit. And it's a whole new challenge that the international students face. Three, three years. No pressure. <laughs> Let's go. Three years.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about the rules now. So don't quote me about the rules right now, but I'm talking to when I got the postgraduate work permit in 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So the job requirement is that you, out of the three years, you have to accumulate one year of work experience, specific work experience based on codes that are placed On the IRCC website, Immigration, Refugees, Citizenship, Canada. And then you basically have to work your way. That's why they give you three years hoping that, yes, you can start with a position that doesn't count, but hopefully you'll make it to a position that does count. Yes. And you have to get a letter from the employer saying that this person worked in this position, this NOC code. And that's a whole spiel you have to discuss with your employer. And you have to basically, I remember with me, I literally did almost a PowerPoint presentation to the employee saying why I need this specific employment letter and not a cliche HR employment letter.
0: <laughs> yeah, every single bullet point of information that IRCC is asked for needs to be in the letter. Like, I can yeah. write it for you if you want, and then you can sign it if that's easier. Yeah, it's really detail-oriented. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I how did you find that? I know that... It's, um, it causes quite a lot of anxiety in, in recent grads. And simply, mm-hmm. I think it, it comes down to, to the mindset that still exists today that getting a degree equals getting a job, right? Do you, lots of students think, okay, well, I'm going to graduate. And then once I have my degree, it's. I'm just going to get a job really easily because I'm educated and I've graduated. But that, that just isn't the case in Canada. So you, you briefly mentioned that you could tap into that network that you've been building in school. So, um, what challenges did you, did you <clears> face during those three years and, and what did you do to finally get PR?
1: So with that point that you mentioned with, I have a degree, therefore I'm good to go. Maybe, yeah. if it, maybe 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. Sh- sure. From what our parents used to tell us, sure. Yeah. Uh, but now, yes, you do have to tap into that network. You do have to volunteer. So remember, like international students with the postgraduate work permit, they're on a time, they're on a time limit, depending what they want to do. What I wanted to do, my mission from almost a, almost, I would say a year after graduation is to help newcomers and refugees integrate into Canadian economy and society. Mm -hmm. Till today. That is my uh, mission till today. So. I volunteered at a center. If you lived in Peterborough, you might have heard about it. It's called the New Canadian Center. Mm-hmm. So I volunteered there for a little while. The people there were fantastic. Uh, they hired me for a temporary contract, couple of months. It still counts towards the accumulation of... Uh, but that was the beginning, my foot in the door. And I kept uh, volunteering, but I realized time was running out on the work permit, so I had to move to Toronto.
2: Right.
1: A very good friend of mine, which I knew... Uh, was very was kind enough to host me for a few months until I found my own place. And while I'm looking for a a a, a job, that counts towards PR.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So lots of resumes and lots of networking in the big city. And yeah,
1: cold calling, yeah, applying of job
0: applications.
1: I found an interesting position. Uh, fundraising. Uh huh. Fundra fundraising events. You know, face to face, door to door. Most of it door to door fundraising. We represented, I think, uh, it was World Vision and World Wildlife Fund. But it, nevertheless, it was door-to-door fundraising. It was paid, and it counted towards the permanent uh, the permanent residency work experience.
0: That's a really, really tough job, too. You know, going door-to-door and cold sales, and you have to be, you know, have to have, to have such strong people skills and you know, sales skills. And yeah, that's I take my hat off it to to anyone that does that. I think that's. That's great. And it's again, it's just going to a good cause as well. I feel like you had that, that passion in your head. I
1: mean, at the end of the day, yes, it does get, it does get hard because we used to do also road trips. We used to go to Sault Marie, Thunder Bay and sleep there for the weekend. And then it'd be minus 20, minus 30 easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for me, while I was walking from house to house, for me in the back of my head, this is for the PR. This is for the PR. This is for Yes.
0: The, the end goal.
1: <laughs> the end, the end goal. And, uh, this job PR or no PR, even if you're just a new graduate ca- or Canadian born and raised here, I highly recommend that you actually try a job like this because it teaches you a lot of skills. Still today, if I was to rewind back time and I was offered a desk job or this door to door job, I would take this door to door job mm. because it helps you. It gives you thick skin, helps you how to deal with people. Communication helps you read people, um, Patience, you know, to, to persevere. It's a, it's a, it's amazing, right? It teaches you a lot of other aspects other than just actually doing the, the the job.
0: And that's really key too. It's, it's those soft skills, right? Soft skills are huge in Canada. And you know, you can say all these hard skills that you have and, you know, the, this hard, experience that you have and things you've learned, but the soft skills you develop through experience like the ones you just mentioned, those are yeah. almost even more desired by employers in Canada than, you know, a certificate in some software, right? Yes yeah. um yeah, that's
1: really and, cool. And and one thing I'd like to add about this, it's not yes, sure, it's a it's a good job to get and develop a soft skills like you said. But how does it help you later on? Our manager used to say in this job, the the earlier you hear the no's, the better. That means the yes is coming soon. Yeah. That, that sentence by itself. So after I, I got the, the PR, let's say, and the letter and everything, and now I'm a permanent resident to look for the jo- the job in an organization that I want, I had that same mindset.
0: I love that. That is going to help a lot of people, that mindset. I, I, I never heard it kind of summarized that, that well. So. Yeah. And it goes, goes for everything, you know, PR itself, you know, you're doing this job. It might not be the best job that you're enjoying Mm. the best, but again, it's, you know, you're doing that one job and it's going to be that much closer to PR and then PR isn't an end goal. Like we were saying, it's like, that will be a new start and it'll be kind of going on from that. So yeah, really cool. Inspiring stuff. (laughs)
1: Luckily, luckily I, I, I enjoyed that position, but even I, even that's something I'll say to, to uh, Canadians, even when they're applying for a job after university, to keep 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 at it, keep at it, because the su- the earlier you hear the noise, the better. That means something's gonna open up soon, but you have to yeah. keep going at it.
0: Yeah, love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now let's talk about your work at mm-hmm. Access CCF. So your role that you're in now, the program coordinator, and mm-hmm. your newly launched Foreign Credential Recognition Loan program, so the mm-hmm. FCR. This is a really important service for those internationally educated newcomers. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, what's what's it all about? Tell us everything.
1: Yeah, the Foreign Credential Recognition Loan program, this program is funded by the Canadian government, uh, ESDC, Employment and Social Development Canada, And basically, it is to help facilitate loans of up to $15,000 for internationally trained newcomers who come to Canada, right? I'm sure you heard the stories of people being dentists, doctors, you know, IT specialists, and they come here and, you know, they don't have that quote-unquote Canadian experience,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: So uh, this loan, uh, it, it can help them, you know, pay for their, for example, if they're a physician to pay for their licensing process to help pay for it at least. Dentistry. If you're an IT professional, there's a lot of bridging programs in many colleges and universities. You can apply for a loan with us to help you pay for that so that it can give you the Canadian uh, experience, quote unquote again. <laughs>
0: Right, so you get your licensing, your certificate that that is recognized in Canada. And you kind of translate those skills and get the education in Canada to get a career in in your in your field even easier. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, I mean, the loan is up to fifteen thousand dollars. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's that's quite uh, low interest or
1: what? The interest rate at the moment is uh, a prime plus one point nine. The prime rate as we speak is two point four five percent. Although that's subject to change. But as we speak right now is at two point 4, five, you add that to the 1.9 it makes it 4.35% so uh, the thing about this loan is that as a newcomer when you come to Canada right away you might go to a bank they'll ask you about two things what's your credit score or they check your credit score and what's your income if you don't have any of that then they probably most likely will not give you a loan right this is this is where we can come in and help where even if you don't have a credit uh, report yet you are still eligible to, you're still able to apply to our program to be considered for a loan. Mm. At the end of the day, it's all about your learning plan. What do you want to do? For example, if somebody comes to us and said, listen, I'm a licensed dentist in X, Y, Z country. And I want to come here. This is what I need to do to become a dentist. Perfect. It makes sense. You're a dentist. You want to get your licensing here. This is what you have on your application. We can process you for for a loan. Mm-hmm. Some people even choose an alternative career which is, we, which they can also still come to us and apply for a loan. For example, uh, they used to do business back home. They they come here, they come to Canada, they want to do IT or data analytics. You're, you can still pursue an uh, alternative career with us. At the end of the day, uh, the program is uh, used because it, it should be used as, for example, as a tool to help increase your employability in Canada or help you reach your career uh, goals. It's the essence of this uh, program.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're just really lifting that financial barrier to to just achieving so much more in in Canada. And then as a result, you're contributing to the economy in Canada and, you know, being successful here. That's awesome. Mm.
1: And that's the point. Yes, that's the point. To contribute to the uh, Canadian economy. That's the sole purpose Ah. of the program.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Stay long term and, and help build a country and bring all of these talented people in and just have them be, you know, even more educated and successful. So, yeah, I think that's so, so great. So what is the eligibility criteria for the program? So you mentioned you can come and, and say, hey, I was a dentist in, in my country. Um, what criteria do you need to meet?
1: To be eligible for this uh, program, you have to be either Canadian citizen, permanent resident or, or or convention refugee. You have to be a resident of the greater Toronto area and Hamilton. You have to be 18 years or older and can legally work in Canada, uh, and uh, you have to be up to date with your Canadian taxes and not undergoing any uh, bankruptcy or consumer proposal. Now, just to put on a side note, if you weren't here in Canada last year, you don't need to submit your notice of assessment because there's nothing to file, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still you are still eligible to uh, apply. Same thing goes for your credit report. If you just got here a month ago, you most probably don't have a credit uh, score report yet. You 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 can still you are still able to at least apply.
0: Right. Yeah. Because I was going to say, what's the minimum amount of time that you have to have lived in Canada before you can apply?
1: It's a case by case basis, right? But the thing what we do is we do something called the character based assessment. So sure, we get all we get the application, we get the required documents. But then we look at a person's character, right? We look at the integrity, uh, integrity of the, the the applicant, capability of the applicant. All of this is taken into consideration rather than just looking at their credit score as the sole deciding factor.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You've got the, put, put some more heart into it. So you you mentioned it's been running since 2018. Uh, how many people do you think of, have you have you helped through this program?
1: So far, we've helped uh, almost 80.
0: Oh, nice! Wow.
1: 80. Uh, and that's, that number is going up. We're getting, uh, more inquiries and people are asking about it a lot. Uh, we're doing a lot of info sessions with various uh, organizations, non-for-profit around the, the GTA. So, uh, our goal is to help as many people as we, as we can.
0: Yeah. What a good goal. And, uh, and finally, yeah. So what kind of professions do you support? Um, is it a wide range of, of different professions? Are there ones that, that aren't mm-hmm. eligible?
1: That's a great great question. So we support uh, regulated and non-regulated professions. You know, anything from physicians, uh, IT professionals, architects, uh, lawyers. uh, You can say anything that OSAP doesn't cover.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Amazing. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I've, yeah, I've loved this conversation. Do you have much else planned for the rest of the day?
1: uh probably gonna head back to work maybe take the dog out he needs to go probably
0: <laughs> yeah oh i wish there was a video his dog is so beautiful what breed is that
1: that's a french bulldog
0: he's a french bulldog oh he's gorgeous he's like that gray color
1: yeah for people uh, for people listening follow him on instagram messy the frenchie
0: oh <laughs> yes how am I not following Messi the Frenchie yet okay we'll put that in the show notes as well that's amazing <laughs> what an amazing plug to end the the episode thank you so
1: much for a time Kate
0: thank you so so much for listening As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week.